Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime. What's happening, everyone? My name is Raj Mehta. This is Reckless Speculation. Uh, I'm your host for tonight. Before I go on, I want to make sure that everyone knows where to find us. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook Live, uh, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, Gratify, Alibi, you name it. Um, Speaking of Alibi, going first to introduce our attorney extraordinaire, Mr. Robert Davis. Robert, how are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. A good alibi will never lie. That's the tagline. <laughs> uh, tell that to my friend who's divorced. <laughs> uh, next, we're going over to Nashville to uh, Chain GPT, who's been discovering for his own uh, independent business owning uh, ventures, <laughs> just the benefits therein. So, uh, Brandon Chain, what's up, Playboy? How you doing? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, laugh at that picture comes across every time. I've got to find something new for Tom to put on. I look like a total DV in that. Picture, hey, next but, weekend, uh, next weekend, we'll have good. plenty of photo opportunities. Yeah, for Are sure. Insinuating uh, the tight fade bow tie and wayfarers and seersucker suit. I, I was at a wedding. I didn't. Even, I've never even seen that picture. Apparently, he, you know, s- scraped it off Facebook or something, but. Uh, the depth still well the production are well done is well done but you know i look like a you look like a creeper there the president of your fraternity at old miss or something like that yeah exactly yeah and i'm I'm way too old to look like that so let's get let's get the real picture on here so keep it real good news and finally to uh, the Quincy Jones producer extraordinaire, I used extraordinaire, but he's the man behind the curtain and apparently in front of the curtain as well. Mr. Tom Sloan, Tomas, how are you? What's up, fellas? It, and I did put a request out for new pictures. I know and, it's uh, my fault. It's I'm my still fault. waiting. I'm it's still not. Waiting. It's not your fault. <laughs> I mean. At some point, we can't change how fucking ugly we look. I mean, just, oh, right. just go with something and and pin the tail on the donkey, literally. Uh, well, again, welcome, everyone. This is our esteemed panel. And you can see off to your left the rundown of what we're looking at today. Um, we're going to start out with college football and uh, transition into the NFL and then go to a new segment that – we are calling Reckless Takes. That is Tom's brainchild. And uh, it's not going to be your standard segment and questions. We actually want to provoke some sort of thought in theory. Uh, I myself am sober because of a meeting in the morning. So 
Uh, I may be able to think. I don't know. But we will see. Uh, finally, we're going to end up with Bet Your Nuts and uh, our final words. So let's start out. Tom, could you please explain the latest development in the new Conference of Champions? <laughs> well, if we uh, remember last week, uh, Washington and Oregon joined the conference, which makes now four teams representing the Pacific, Southern Cal, all the way up to the Northwest. So they, they own the whole coast. Um, so now the, the, the Big Ten are three time zones. So you can theoretically watch Big Ten football from noon till Big Ten at night, you know, whenever that ends. So, um, why didn't Oregon and Washington come aboard when USC and UCLA did? That's a good question. And, and I don't know if it was a situation where the Big Ten necessarily wanted to, to go with four. Uh, I personally think they were following suit with the SEC, with them having Texas and Oklahoma joining. And, and I, I feel like maybe they were testing the waters out to see if there might be some interest with other schools um, once the, this uh, thing started rolling and once it got closer to it and clearly uh, Washington and Oregon were, were sitting back there like, Hey, you know, we could, we could add lots of value to your conference. And I, I really think they can. Uh, you're looking at uh, eight teams in that conference that potentially could be top 10, top 15 football teams. So, uh, when you're competing with the SEC, who is the top dog, who seems to win uh, national championships every day, every year, uh, you like the odds of having that many teams in your conference that could be legitimate uh, contenders. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, going to the business side of things, Brandon, did the Big Ten capitalize on the Pac-12s stupidity once again with this edition of Oregon and Washington. I think so. Uh, Tom hit it spot on. I think they were testing the waters at first. Um, once the Pac-12 started to take a free fall here, I think knowing the future where it's kind of headed, they, they jumped on. And now you know, logistically, it makes more sense to grab more teams over there, right? You already got two, right? So let's get a couple more. So scheduling-wise, you send a team over there, and now they can stay and play two or three games in that region and vice versa. Um, so that that's going to help with the travel. I mean, 2,700 miles from, you know, Ry or, uh, Rutgers. Rutgers to – yeah. Oregon to, and whatnot. Yeah. So I think logistically now they're, they're trying to grab more to help soften that. And also, I mean, you look at these teams and their markets and, and where they're at. I mean, they're, they're big name teams. So um, it's, it's definitely going to help the big 10 and uh no one's turning down the money that they're getting right now. And I think that was the biggest mistake of the PAC 12 and their deal with the Apple and, well, and what happened there. That was the demise. 
and that's a good point. And Rob, I'm going over to you. There's a theory that the Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyavikov, basically had a very narrow window. And the best he can come up with was a subscription-based model through Apple. Uh, the Arizona president, uh, Rollins, said, likened the deal to selling candy bars for Little League. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this an unfair comparison? Uh, did Klyavkov just F it up? And this was inevitable. What's your take on how this latest development occurred? Well, so Larry Scott had been trying to get a TV deal. It wasn't happening. This new commissioner, it's tough to sell West Coast specific sports to a, a big network. They're all located on the East Coast. Um, and so, yeah, this Apple TV, but yet it's not, no one's going to pay a subscription when you're already watching. Like, so. And I don't know why the NFL doesn't do the college model of staggering games all the way out throughout the day, but the college football does stagger throughout the day. So you can watch SEC Big Ten football almost all day, and then you throw on the Pac-12 after dark just as you're going to sleep kind of model. And that's been the problem. And it's Um, a sport that exclusively plays on Saturdays for the most part. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then so – and going back to the Big Ten, so I thought – so last week or two weeks ago, I said I thought the Big Ten was out flanking the SEC. Um, I've changed my mind since then. I thought them getting USC, UCLA was almost necessary because they were free agents or they were becoming free agents. You couldn't lose that market to the SEC. You couldn't do that. So they went and got that. All right, that's great. Now, though, I feel like they, there's kind of like it was almost a – and like I'm, I'm personally happy that Oregon and Washington are in, in, in a league, in, in the Big Ten. Personally, for a football fan, a brand fan. But for the Big Ten, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you have more teams on the West Coast. Twitter, it's like, well, yeah, why don't you just put, you know, Nebraska and Illinois in the West and then call it the Big Ten and the Pac-10. Like, I mean, that's they've essentially just done that all over again. And so I don't really and like yeah the whole Rutgers Maryland yeah they own all four time zones but does it matter in all four time zones and I think that's where the SEC is kind of still held its core right now is they've got two time zones that are obsessed with this sport and so I still think the Big Ten made moves I still think the SEC's ahead still why. I think you're absolutely right. And it, why, Tom, do we have conferences at all? I mean, it looks like you're just going to draw a line and have two columns and people beat the shit out of each other. Uh, great question. I think it was by Tim about, you know, where does Notre Dame stack up and, and fall into all of this? Uh, what's next? I mean, is there another round of realignment? I, I do think that. I, I think once – this thing gets rolling next year, you're going to see the dominance in those two conferences. And, and I don't foresee the ACC staying uh, around very much longer. And here they're trying to lure Stanford and Cal out to their conference, the, the Atlantic uh, uh, coast conference with two Pacific coast teams. 
that's not going to work. That's just not going to work. Um, I think uh, reality is Clemson's going to jump. Florida State's going to jump. Uh, to who is to be determined. Um, once that happens, that conference is done. And then it basically comes down to Big 12. How long can they compete? They're losing their biggest two products in Texas and Oklahoma. Um but then you look at the basketball aspect of things. They've got a powerhouse conference, you you would assume, at the basketball uh, level. So uh, I say within five years, you might be looking at three conferences, and that's about it. And as, as far as Notre Dame goes, I, I, I just think it it's, it's the recipe is there for them to join the Big Ten. Hey, they already hey, have hey, a deal with Peacock. Tom, Tom, quick question. And for all of you guys, I just want to know, does the 12-team college football playoff get off the get off the ground at all? No, because it's going to have to be more. They're going to have to increase it. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's dead on arrival. I, I don't think it, it – yeah. yeah. And it's because, it's because of these – like I said, Big yeah. Ten's going to have eight teams. The SEC is going to have just as many that are right there. So you're, you're looking at a scenario where – it's it's going to come down to like the the uh, the tournament the the NCAA tournament, you know you who's going to be your true champion, and I don't think you're going to get it from twelve. Um, I think it helps, but with these two power conferences and with the third of the Big Twelve, I I, I just think you're going to have to extend it out and and really I mean Notre Dame's going to be left holding the bag in my opinion because. They're going to look at that extra week. They're going to look at uh, conference championship games. So I think if they make make a tournament or they make it, it's going to be a lower seed perhaps because you got to make way to the conference champions at this point. So I I, I, think, I think I Notre think Dame, I think Notre Dame's the damn MySpace of this whole situation. They are just holding on <laughs> to this arrogance. old tradition, and, and it's like <laughs> hey, at some point these two. Yeah. Like, it, it is inevitable. The SEC and the Big Ten are going to merge, and it's going to be a alternative to the NFL. It's just yeah. inevitable. And yeah. if they're not in one of them, at some point they're going to be sick, being like, "Oh well, hey Stanford, Vanderbilt, Cal, let's go have a." nice little picnic and let's play some football it's trending that way for sure man i mean notre dame has stayed outside the pocket for ever like maybe we should do a poll like does this does this some, push notre dame point, over the, the edge kid to, like, playing on the playground by yourself too long and everyone else has left and you're like wait yeah. where'd everyone well, go and, and if you That's look how you at get detention <laughs> In basketball, they're part of the ACC. They play an ACC conference in, in football for the most part. In hockey, they're they're part of the Big Ten. So why football? Why are they the 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 you know lone wolf in this situation? Their TV deal isn't unique because the Big Ten now is part of uh, Peacock, which they are hyping up big time uh, Saturday night. Uh, which that's going to steal Notre Dame's thunder, whether they like it or not. And I think within a couple of years, you're going to see Notre Dame deciding, hey, we, we, we got to do something. And, and it just makes sense for them to join the Big Ten. Well, they, can, been... they can pick and choose. They are part of the Big Ten in hockey. Yeah. But in basketball, they're part of the ACC. Mm-hmm. And Brandon, I'm coming to you next as a business owner. Never mind the absolute hypocrisy about the well-being of the student 
of the student athlete, of their academics. And all of that's obviously getting kicked to the side. But mm. along the same lines, obviously football is the cash cow, but does the NCAA or these programs care that they're going to be operating at a loss for the other 23 sports? You know, women's softball players from Oregon going to freaking Rutgers that, you know, it, I read multiple quotes. You know, I, I stayed around home because I wanted my family to see me play. And now I'm going to go to New Jersey. But what about all these flights and hotels and the costs associated with these 23 other sports? I mean, does it even matter or is football just that big of a deal? Um, for the families that have to travel to go watch, yes, it matters. For the teams, no, because – the entire reason they're signing these deals and, and moving forward in these conferences because they're getting more money um, and, and all expenses paid the. Why not do it football only then? Why do it and make every other sport go through the same thing? And that's a rhetorical question. If anybody has the answer, I think it would have yeah, been. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's obvious that that's the, the big thing. And, um, you're not getting big TV deals on, on baseball and softball. Just you're not, uh, you're, you're getting those deals. That, that's kind of a trickle down effect from what you got from the cash cow, because it, like Robbie said earlier, it's the second most popular sport, you know, in the United States. So mm -hmm. that's, what's going to pay. And it, it, it's just what it is. It's, it's math. You know, you do the math, the numbers work out. And, you know, the hell with the rest. That's just how it works, unfortunately. Uh, Rob? Yeah, so I made a MySpace reference earlier, and I want to take it to the next tier of this MySpace kind of theme. Is the NFL watching this at all? Or are they too far above this? Or are they sitting here monitoring this and being like, hey, we're just one pin drop from dro pulling the age limit out and – this all this going this NBA. All, this all goes to a hell in a handbasket for the NCAA. That's a great point, dude. That's it's a house. It is card. a good point, but yeah. I think to combat that right now, is I'm just asking, do you think they are watching, or is it just we're just too high up? And you got the NIL right now, which is combating something like that happening. Yeah. Um. So and also, but you got to think and, being, got, but but but. but besides, NFL, you get you get a pension if you play for so long. So the earlier you get there, but also you got to look at these kids and how how much they develop in a year or two in college, strength yeah. wise, you know, size wise. It, there are ready to go up. In. They are, but I mean, you put a college or a high school kid in in, in a college program, you know, and bulk up like they're going to gain twenty fifteen. 20 pounds easily in the first year yep. um, and experience. So to, to just jump right into NFL yeah. where you're dealing with grown men who've been in on weight training programs for the, ever. The, this is where I'd like to be in the back rooms of these discussions because Fox yeah. and ESPN are big partners with both the big 10 and the sec and the NFL. And they've got to be like, Hey, we're, we're writing these big checks to both of y'all. Y'all have got to play nice or, because sure. if college get if college if all of a sudden that pulls out, then 
can we pay the NFL and how does that all work? You think Rob, there's a clause in there? I, I, I don't know. Well, I was going to ask you, Rob, as the attorney, that idea and concept, we all kind of understand that, yeah, football, it you can't just be 18. You got to be bigger and stronger and smarter. But as an attorney, what are you admitting into evidence? What's conclusive? What's who, who measures that? Is that just kind of something that we all take as a given? You know, why? what stopped the NFL? Was it something the NCAA would say? No, 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 no. This, this is – so the NFL is a private company, has a requirement. You have to be three years removed from high school to be eligible to work for them. Um, just, the NBA used to have a similar rule. And, well, they used to have no rule that you could – as soon as you were an adult, you could go to the NBA. Actually, I think Kobe got drafted at 17, now that I think about it. So there was no age restriction. No. Uh, now they put in one year move from high school. So, and this is what Maurice Claret challenged that unconstitutional for age restriction. And he said, well, the government cannot restrict age, but a private company, just like you can have a require a college degree for it to apply for a job. You can require to be, you don't have to have, it's not an age restriction. You have to be three years removed from high school. So you can graduate at 16 and go at 19, but it has to be three years removed from graduating high school. So that is just the NFL's requirement. So they can just lift that requirement, but it's collectively bargained. So the players wouldn't necessarily want that. The veterans, because they're getting their pension, the longer they can play, the better. So a young guy is not coming in. But it's all up for negotiations. And, you know, so they can say, hey, in theory, the NFL could say, hey, we're worried about NCAA football. All you guys aged 35 to 40, if you played in the league two years, we'll grant you your pension. We'll grant you your health insurance for life. But we got new guys coming in. Negotiate it all. Lift that age requirement or years moving from high school. And uh, it's a floodgate of uh, college football players going straight to the NFL. I mean, that's an excellent point. And – I was going to kind of end up with this in my, I have the theory that, you know, the big 10 Tom had kind of stated that academic synergy matters, that we're not just going to take initially, you know, San Diego state, sorry, any SDSU, <laughs> but uh, you know, there was Go Aztecs. they got a new stadium. They're ready for the big time. I know dude. Snapdragon stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a nudie bar I went to in uh, Toronto. But anyways. Look out. Um, they know. I, you know, I can see the Big 12 geographically. It kind of makes sense. I propose, like, what about the idea of a non-Power 5, but like a smart people conference that, unlike the Ivy League, can recruit, you know, Cal, Stanford, Virginia, Duke, North Carolina, B.C., uh could that be feasible on some level? I mean, at least it would make some kind of sense. Or does anybody not give a shit? It's all about. Are we? Money. Are we talking about no like TV uh, markets? There's not enough TV dollars to pay for the volleyball teams no. to travel. Are we talking about like Science Olympiad here, or or something to that effect for <laughs> these schools? Yeah. I mean, because if that's the case, then yeah, that, that, that would be a great power conference. But no, I mean, at this point, it's all or nothing. Money in in. Yes, the, the the Big Ten has has tried to remain with some semblance of a academic standard, um, hence why Rutgers is still part of it. 
uh, Northwestern. So, um, oh yeah, they were part of my nerd conference also. Yeah. But it well, but it does surprise me, knowing kind of their stance that they don't go after a Stanford because they kind of fit the mold uh, of you know teams that are in that conference. You know, they do have a history. Uh, uh, in the past, they haven't been very good lately, but. Um, there is a history there. So will they end up doing that? Because obviously those four teams remaining have to go somewhere. And um, will it be the Big Ten? I'm I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure if that is financially uh, the smart play for the Big Ten. Me- meets their standards, but I don't think there's a there's a luster of Stanford and Cal. There, so. there are no standards anymore. It's just money. No, I agree with you there. I yeah. agree with you there. And, and, and I think that's one reason why, you know, if they go after Clemson, which, you know, you've heard rumors and you've heard rumors, Clemson to the sec, if they go to Clemson, uh, their standards are out the window as far as I'm concerned. So. I mean, I, I think the it's a great transition. The idea that you're muted, Brandon. This really is baseless aside from money. And speaking of something that is baseless, we're going to transition, in my opinion, to the NCAA coaches top 25 poll. Brandon, well, I think we got a graphic here that's going to roll it out. We're going to discuss not only our teams, uh, but also who we think are too high or, or, too low, but Brandon, coming to you first, what the fuck is the point of this poll? Is it actually something that has merit? Do coaches actually pay attention? Why does it exist? Uh, you know, I hate preseason rankings in general, and especially coaches poll, trying to gauge a team based on you know, some of the acquisitions that you, you've received and people you've lost, there's, it's so hard to judge that preseason with college. It's not like the NFL where you, you're bringing in veterans and, you know, you've got some history. Uh, This it's asinine to me. Um, I think it's just a media ploy, like to get a little, you know, rise out of people get, yeah. Get people starting to get, excited about college football and oh my team's this blah 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 it means dog shit to me like it's It's all hype yeah it's all hype um however i i don't disagree with the top four necessarily i think you could interchange uh probably the the top three or four um but georgia's clear number one they didn't they they lost some but they recruited really well well, speaking with you, real quick, what's the argument for Michigan being ahead of the Ohio State University? I'm asking um, you. Yeah, you better props. offensive line. Better offensive line right now. Uh, defense is still solid. Uh, number one ranked running back room right now. Pretty good wide receivers. Quarterbacks pretty decent. Um, Ohio State, we've lost a lot on on the offensive line side. I think that's what's really setting us back. Uh, our wide receiver rooms ranked number two. Uh, mm. How is that number? How are wide that receiver rooms? 
No, yeah. wide receiver rooms ranked number one, running back rooms yeah. ranked number two. Yeah. Uh, behind. So offensively, we've got weapons. Mm-hmm. We're uncertain about the quarterback position right now and offensive line. We lost Paris Johnson, uh, Dewan Jones, and uh, our center, Luke. Um, I can't remember his last name. Whopper. Or, uh, anyway, uh, we lost three big key pieces on our offensive line. And that it's yet to be determined. Like next guy stepped up. We do recruit well, so we'll see. I think it's going to take a little time. Thankfully, we have a soft schedule initially. Um, but yeah, I mean, four, five, ten, shit, I don't care. Preseason, it doesn't matter. Like once you start getting out there and playing, the eye test usually tells uh, what what teams are good. Well, Tom, what about? I mean, Tim brought up that point, and, and I think it's huge. You got new quarterbacks at Georgia after like one of the most, probably one of the best leaders in college football in the last 20, 30 years in Stetson Bennett, I think in terms of uh, grabbing the reins and kind of uh, uh, leading that team on the field, not making mistakes. The the kid just won games. We don't know who's starting at Alabama, Um, you know, Milrow or uh, Buckner. Uh, Again, back to Georgia, Carson Beck. I think it's uh, Beck was a four-star. He's not like, you know, the guy like Peyton Manning or Arch Manning or whomever. Uh, and Ohio State, another, I think, a four-star kid. Kyle McCord. Do these matter? I mean, do people not even care? Or is this kind of a presumption that the defense is going to carry them until they figure it out? Well, it, my opinion is these programs push come the shove. The, the one thing you never really seem to have to worry about is the quarterback position. And I specifically at Ohio State, they just it's, – it's a factory, collegiate quarterbacks. And the same goes for Alabama. So I think they look at what's around them. Uh, where's their coaching? You know, what kind of coaching do they have? What kind of weapons do they have? Um, and I think that's where they gauge uh, where they're at as far as the rankings go. So obviously Georgia's got uh, one of the best tight ends uh, maybe ever to come out of college football. He, he could go in the pros right now. So he's got weapons around him. And like, like Brandon said, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr., who is one and then the field, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I don't think it's that big of a worry because they have such weapons around them that is going to take a lot of pressure off them. Sure, they're going to have pressure being the quarterbacks of these high high falutin uh, programs. But at the end of the day, we're talking about Georgia. We're talking about Alabama, we're talking about uh, Ohio State, which seems to be quarterback warehouses or factories. And I really think that's what they look at. Uh, maybe maybe Georgia being number one, maybe a little high, but I, I think you give them that respect for going back to back, and, and that's probably why they're, they're where they're at. But the, sure. the big the reality of these preseason polls at the end of the year and and I'm sure we'll we'll do a rehash when it comes to it it's gonna look a lot different well we had a discussion earlier and Rob you know two things one do you subscribe to that idea that hey we're atop the pedestal so we're automatically number one going into next season until somebody knocks us off 
And two, we talked about a team like South Carolina, who you had said is a damn good team, but you acknowledge their schedule and that they're going to lose some games. Therefore, it's okay for them to be at 27. But, you know, if they played, let's say, number 16 TCU on a neutral field, they probably would beat them up. But does that matter? Are we talking about eventual record? Mm. Are we talking about best team? How is this calculated? Well, well, one, this is the most worthless of all the polls because the coaches don't pay attention to other – like it's just a, a GA sending this stuff in. But it does give you a little starting point of where the committee says they don't look at this stuff. They're lying. They do. Um, of this of this group, this top ten, though, I'm going to the other USC, the USC you're interested in, Raj. Um, they get – if I'm not mistaken, they get Utah at home, which has been their bugaboo. Uh, don't really play Washington, but Georgia and Alabama play each other in the regular season. Again, the SEC championship. If they split or one beats the other twice, Michigan, Ohio State play at the end of the year. USC could be sitting there um, pretty because LSU's at Alabama, Tennessee's at Alabama. Um, so I think. I think USC's in a pretty good spot if they they get you Utah at home and then depending on what Washington game is everyone else in the Pac-12 kind of sucks. I, I wouldn't go that far, but I'm biased. Brandon, well, Oregon, is Oregon State, they're okay. I mean, you got Knicks, Michael Penix Jr., uh, the second best receiving group in the country at University of Washington. Um, but I was going to ask. Is USC overrated at six, Brandon? Because a lot of people seem to think so. I don't. But what do you think? Now, looking at this list, I mean, who are you going to put in front of them? Uh, I mean, Florida State, no. Penn State, no. Vols, I mean, they lost a lot. So, probably No. I mean, who? I, I just don't see anyone that you would put in front of them. So overrated? No. But the schedule again, does get a... tough at the end. At Notre Dame versus Utah, at Cal versus Washington, at Oregon. Well, that'll Utah. all be and in se- that'll all be in season. But pre- I mean, preseason rankings. I mean, we can all flip quarters and come up with team names and throw them in there. So it as it looks right now, like the only thing I I see that's Clemson is terrible. They shouldn't even be in the top ten. Notre Dame shouldn't be in the top twenty. Other than that, I'm I don't care about the rest. I'm fine with it. You, you don't think Sam uh, Harnell or Hartle, uh, the quarterback coming to Notre Dame transfer, is going to elevate them? Dude, Notre Are Dame they- sucks. They always suck every year. They're they're always up there. They finished. Uh, 18th last year, and they were like preseason ranked like five or six or something. Like, I mean, they're stupid. It's a popularity so contest, exactly. Pre- preseason is a popularity contest. Yeah, I hate it. In basketball, Rob, wouldn't you agree? And, and by the way, if people are talking about SC or other schools, you know, SC has a very smart coach, and they went hardcore after defense in the transfer portal. Thank God for the portal getting a lot of. SEC stud. So you're going to see a very different defensive team than last year. 
But Ross, in basketball, it seems like the polls matter, especially early. Because if you're at like number three and you lose, you can only fall down so far. Same with football, right? I mean, so doesn't this matter? Well, basketball is a little different because you play twice a week, right? So you can split a week and especially if you lose on the road and come back and win at home. It's not as punitive as football is. Mm -hmm. Football, you lose, especially if you lose, you get upset at home. You'll drop down and then it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter how you play the next week. You can't jump someone unless they lose. For the most part, football is just very much. It's been this way since the old AP poll. Like mm-hmm. even if even if I remember Florida State Miami growing up, whoever won that game, but they ended up flip flopping. The team that won usually finished behind them because of where they lost in the season, and head to head didn't matter. You know, and that's that's kind of how football still is. Where basketball is more. Hey, let's look at it as overall and who's on the road. And like, if you lose to rough, lose it rough, and then you know beat South Carolina at home, are they going to punish you as much? Not so much. Tom, yeah. um, well, disagree there, or Shane, either of you. I, I I do. I think I think there's more opportunity to rebound in basketball. Pardon the pun. Uh, and then. You've you know, been waiting for that all day. I pulled right yeah. right from here. Right from here. God, um, hey, what an assist by Raj. Man, I tell you, that was uh that was nice. But no, um You're grounded. No, you I lose. Can, I mean I you, you figure wrong. you figure in theory with football, if you're gonna lose, lose early. That way you can get an opportunity. With basketball, between uh, the length of the season, and like Robbie said, they play two, three times a week. They have a, a nice conference tournament, and then the tournament in the field is 64. So you have more opportunities, I think, in basketball to uh, pick up if you kind of have a rocky season. But with football, it's a small window, and you, you lose two games, your season's over, basically, the way uh, competition is anymore. It's just it, if you're going to lose, lose early. That's, that's what you hope for. So yeah, I, no, I was going to ask you, Chain, and actually each of you. So two questions. Last year, TCU was unranked. So number one, Chain, who on the top in the top twenty-five after number ten can make the playoff, and who's not ranked that should be ranked? Good question. Good question. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I'll start with who's out of the playoff yeah. and that can make the playoff. It's Texas. Why Te- Texas? Texas is sitting at 12. They're the highest-ranked Big 12 team. I mean, they've just got to handle their business. Which is all you can K-State, Oklahoma. I mean, I don't give them any credibility. Um Let's see who's. Let's be honest. It's going to be two Big Ten and two SEC teams again. No, I, I think the, I think the top four are going to end up being like, again. <laughs> I mean, well, that's it. Like, if I said after number nine, Rob, make the case for the University of Tennessee making the playoff. Don't. <laughs> don't. Say mm. Um. So, all right. Here we go. So we get George. We get we get George at home. We saw what happened. To Alabama coming to Neyland, and what will be the 
loudest atmosphere of the year. Yeah. Um, we host A&M. We play at Florida, but a beat a very beatable Florida team. Uh, we travel to what is going to be an angry Alabama team. So it's going to depend on their quarterback situation. If Alabama's quarterback's not right, um, the the thing that scares me though, Don't worry about though, your quarterback. <laughs> yeah. So the thing. So the, so this is what scares me. This this is this is the thing that worries me the most. Kirby Smart watched Nick Saban play Tennessee, and he had two weeks to prepare, and Kirby Smart shut down the offense. Nick Saban now has had a year plus to prepare and see what Kirby Smart does. So I'm interested to see what Nick Saban's defense looks like now against this Josh Heupel offense. Because he's been able to score against everyone except for Kirby Smart. And so that's going to be the telltale sign. But back to my – that's a great question, and it's going to get harder here, but – Tom and Brandon, somebody unranked that should be ranked. Either of you go for it. I think it's Iowa. I think Iowa, what was their biggest issue last year? They didn't have an offense. I mean, they were running a a middle school offense. It was terrible. But their defense has always been good. Um, They add uh, Cade McNamara. From Michigan, they add Eric All from Michigan. Ironically enough, they both transfer and they don't play them this year. I think that that was one of the reasons why they went to Iowa. But this a this is a veteran quarterback. That's one. He's got a Big Ten championship under his belt, uh, and Eric All was on Great his Irish. way. Was on his way. It took him a couple years to get going, but his last year at Michigan, he was really good. And then, unfortunately, he had a back injury. It took him out, and then he transferred. So. I, I, we all know Iowa's tight end you. Uh, so they're going to find a way to get him the ball, and he's athletic. He can run routes. Um, and like I said, McNamara's experienced. He's a winner. I, I think they're sitting right now just outside top 25. And looking at their schedule, um, they have Penn State on the road and then Wisconsin on the road, which – I mean, at that point, any of those teams in the East or in the West, I should say, I mean, there's there's two or three teams that are right about the same level, and I think Wisconsin and Iowa fit that mold. So once you get past those two teams, I, I really think uh, Iowa has a legitimate chance to uh, play Michigan or Ohio State in uh, Indy for the Big Ten Championship. So I would say uh, that would be a team – outside of the top 25 that that could find their way uh, higher ranked come the end of the season. Shane? I don't have the in-depth analysis Tom does here, but shooting from the hip, looking (laughs) potentially Pittsburgh. I like... uh, That's stolen from my pregame notes. No, no. (laughs) They were were good last year. little underrated they didn't they beat the Vols last year no 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 we were two yeah. games to played. Georgia and South Carolina okay that was a close game man. Anyway. and uh well that was my next one was South Carolina but uh I think South Carolina is a great call I'm not as high on 
uh, Rattler, and they lost some guys uh, like Jaheim Bell, tight end transferring, uh, and defensive end, uh, what's his name, going to Oregon. But they bring back a lot, and they showed last year against a certain team from Knoxville that when things click, uh, they can literally blow out and blow up a game. Sorry, Rob. But, uh, yeah, that was definitely the shocker of the year. They ran and out of fireworks. They definitely, damn, dude. You that was not up. in Knoxville, but anyways. It, it shouldn't have mattered for those that say Hendon Hooker got hurt. It was like 63 to 5 when he got hurt. But, uh, no, I mean, uh, you know, it's that's a team that I, you know, UCLA is another team that returns a lot of talent. It's reported that five-star quarterback. quarterback Dante Moore is – pissed off already um i'm not a chip kelly guy a&m being 25th just looking at this i mean what the fuck that was a terrible team half the kids transferred out jimbo is overrated i have no idea where that's coming from um going to the final questions these are yes or no only brandon does ohio state make the playoffs Yes. Tom, does Michigan make the playoff? Yes. Robert, does the University of Tennessee make the playoff? No. As a USC fan, I think they did enough on defense. They have the best player, but they still don't have the depth across the board to sustain the injuries that the bigger boys have. And I think Games like Utah, Washington, uh, at Notre Dame with Hartman, they're they're going to slip up. And, you know, with the West Coast being the West Coast and the Pack being the Pack, uh, they're definitely going to fall in the in the eyes of many. So, unfortunately, I'm going to say no. But when you have the best player in the world, anything can happen. Can you say yes or no? Yeah. Actually, Tom got the ability to mute us, so I'm going to say no. Percentage-wise, does Georgia 3 P? Tom, what's your percentage? Ooh. 10%. 10%. Raj? 25. Brandon? 8. I'm going to be around 30. I think their defense will keep them in enough games where the offense will figure it out. That defense looks like it's going to be dominant again. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, transition from what we're going to see on Saturday to what we are going to see on Sunday. And we talked about how we were going to discuss this. The must-see NFL games of the year, and I'm not talking about – Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins, Packers, Bears, um, Commanders. You know, traditional, my apologies, traditional rivalries. So, what we thought of doing is taking one game from our teams, which you guys are both Titans fans at the bottom. So, just, I don't know, say something different. And then one game with teams that are not affiliated. I'm going to steal Thunder. I think we all know Bills, Bengals. Chiefs, but uh, environments and things can vary. Time of year can make them pretty sweet. Um, so I'll start real quick. Uh, I'm a Raider fan, unfortunately. Um, I guess the game I 
am most interested in is New England coming to, I can't say Las Vegas, to this day. Uh, the tuck rule game pisses me off in 2002. Uh, it was the last time I was kicked out of a bar, I think, and I lost my fucking mind, and it still makes me mad. Uh, it's, it's number three. Um, number three per NFL.com as top matches. Interesting. Well, Houston the other thing, Carolina. What? It's the rookie quarterback matchup. Oh my god! Uh, Stroud versus Bryce Young. Well, my oh, other game was actually trying to be different. Was the the Dallas and Niners the catch? You know, offensive defense. It's just something about those two teams lining up down the line of scrimmage, looking at those helmets about to get after each other. Uh, so those were my two games. Uh, let's get the Titans fans out of the way here. Uh, Brandon, you go first. Titans game, game that doesn't involve the Titans. Titans game is uh, Bengals-Titans October 1st uh, in Nissan Stadium. Why? That's that's a big game. I mean, we lost him in the playoffs. You know, we – We've got bad blood there. It's it's proven. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that game, and maybe we can sack Burrow ten times this game and and win it. So, we'll see. Uh, I'm gonna go week one. I'm gonna have to go Chiefs lines, man. I'm really looking forward to this game. Uh, um, that's why I went to you first, by the way. I know. I, I, I stole Tom's thunder. I know he's going to say that, and I'm nah, sorry. That's We're why all we do this, about this thing. That's gonna. What's the over going to be set at the next? Dude, this as low as it was set last year. I mean, there was not a lot of games over 42, 44. So I would put week this one. one. Yeah, especially week one. I would put this one in that range, probably forty-two to forty-five-ish over under. Uh, and I'm going to take the over. I, I think it's I think it's going to be a, a fireworks show. And Jameer Gibbs looks really dude, good. Dude, I, I am – I'm telling you. The, the Put your Lions money on him real off as a rookie of the year. Now, are they Super Bowl ready yet? No, but I think they're going to give Kansas City a, a damn good game, and, and this is going to be a super fun week one game. I think – the roof on Ford Field is going to blow the fuck off, but we'll get to that. Rob, Titans fan, what do you think in terms of your team and any team? So I actually am going to be a little dramatic here and say this is one of the be the most important games in Titans irrelevant regular season history, and I'll tell you why. So we play at New Orleans game Week one. Week. New Orleans rebuilding, Camara suspended. We should win. If we lose that game. If you lose to Derek Carr, I'm going to be so mad. And we lose that game and we come home and, and then we play the Chargers, right? Our home opener, it's already the fourth lowest ticket on the NFL for that weekend as far as price to get in. We lose that game. We go zero and two. Then we start talking about trading Tannehill. Tra- it, or we can get rid of Henry. We start being a fire self. We start zero and two. A new stadium coming. It, it's just big 
culture wise that we can't have we can't have a, a shitty season this year. And yeah, so Tennessee fans. And so a lot of, a lot of pressure. Uh, I think that's a really, really big game. If we start off two and oh, then there's momentum and you build. Uh and so that's a good thing. Uh, real overall, quick, last year, remember they were 21-20 to the Giants, 41-7 to the Bills. They came back, and the Raiders should have beat them. The Raiders went Raider, and then they turned their season around. So why is 0-2 different this year? Because, um, well, one, Tannehill's on his uh, – is end of his contract. There's been talks already about sh- shipping him to Atlanta. Henry's getting older. We we have Will Levis that we drafted for who knows why, but he's going to start at some point. It, it it's a team in transition, and if we don't win, people are going to see what we got, and I think it's going to be bad. And then I just I don't like where the Titans are at right now. I just don't. Um, but the second part of your question, the the game I look for the most this year is Week Seven. Miami at Philadelphia. I want to see. Hopefully, two is healthy. Jalen Hurts is healthy. Those they have studs all over the place. That's, That's going to be an over outside game. of the Mahomes, Josh Allen. That's just a good game that I want to watch. But it, it would be is Jalen Ramsey. I don't know what he's. He had a meniscus tear. I'd love to see him in that game. I think uh, he's going to be ready for Week One. Well, that that would definitely add to that because you get that guy on AJ Brown, and mm-hmm. we got some fireworks. Yeah. All yeah. right. So, real quick, after this question, we're going to our new segment, Reckless Takes, and, and Tom's going to take over, and that's why I wanted to finish up with Tom. Not only that, but you could just see the optimism, passion, fire that's been building in Detroit, a city of some of the biggest loyalists ever, but have just had lovable losers for decades. Now, this is a legit playoff team. Tom has one of the newest Detroit Lions season ticket holders. Congrats. Tell us your favorite games involving the Lions, and you can... Say as many as you want because you're hosting the next segment, so fucking do your thing. Well, I, I think uh, to use an old uh, radio, sports radio uh, adage, uh, Brandon stole my thunder <laughs> with uh, Lions Chiefs. Uh, I agree 100%. That line actually dropped to six and a half, and I think it's going to get a little bit lower as the game nears. Um, the NFL believes in the Lions. I I'm not eating the cornbread quite yet on, on the Chiefs. Um, I love the confidence coming out of Ellen Park. Uh, so we will see. That's that's a high-pressure game. But then you, you turn around and Kansas City is going to raise the, the banner. They're going to get their rings. So uh, I think there's a little bit more pressure for the Chiefs. But um, definitely a good one over there. And I, I was upset that this game is not in Detroit. I, don't uh, know. I mean, the champions got a host. Yeah, you got to give the respect to the champion, and and the fact that they they picked the Lions um, tells yeah, you that the, that that the league believes in the Lions, and 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 we're gonna find out real quick 
uh, if they're the real deal or not. But uh, another game I'm looking at, uh, uh, their home opener against Seattle. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Geno Smith can kind of follow the success he had from last year. He got a, he got a contract. So, uh, and that is the game essentially that knocked the Lions out of the playoffs last year because Seattle beat uh, beat the Lions at home. I was at that game. That was disappointing. Um, pretty bad uh, officiating, but we won't go there. But so oh, yeah. it'll it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see um, how they come back and how Geno plays, how they defend him. Uh, he was spot on last year, and they were going for the deep ball. Detroit's made a lot of new additions on the defensive end. And the, the game I'm most excited about, and, and it's a game that hopefully you come up to attend with me, the Monday night game against the Raiders. It's the first time the Lions have been on Monday night in quite a while. Um, and definitely the, the league has confidence in them with with – the Thursday night game against Kansas city, but this one's, this one's going to be interesting. You know, yes, the, the Raiders are kind of on the downslope, but uh, Jimmy G if he's on, he's on. Um, so it's, it's going to be a good game. So it's one I'm really excited to see. Um, Ford field is going to be uh, unbelievable to be a part of, especially that game. And, and yes, you mentioned uh uh, I am a ticket member. I am really excited. Uh, so I'm just fired up for the possibilities. Uh, uh, my my plate there says restore the roar. Or restore the roar. That was the moniker back in the early 90s when uh, they were halfway decent with Barry and uh, fellow USC quarterback. Hey, he's getting a statue. I'm excited. Yeah, he's going to be the first, first line to have a statue. Yeah. They're unveiling it, uh, I believe, next month, next week. So. That's That'll real. be pretty he deserves cool. It. But uh, yeah, as someone who I've been to a few Monday night games, obviously it was a long time ago with the Raiders, but they're definitely fucking different and they're really cool. And you kind of build up all day and it's just that game on. And, you know, mm-hmm. people in Detroit are going to be out there from the Monday before probably right. waiting for that thing. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Raider nation <laughs> travels. So yeah, yeah, that's going to be awesome. I can't believe I'm saying this, but just because it's weird, but Detroit is an exponentially better team, and we're probably going to get throttled. But uh, if Jimmy G is healthy, then with Devontae, anything can happen. So, yeah, I agree. That's going to be a fun one, and and I'll be there. I'll I'll figure out whatever it takes. Um, What about a game not involving the Lions? I, I like December 3rd. The 49ers travel to Philly. Now, it's Eagles, 49ers, Lions on the power rankings uh, at the moment in the NFC. So those top two teams right there, who's going to be the quarterback of the 49ers? That's going to be interesting, too. Um, All right. I've I've changed my most interesting day. I'd forgotten about this, so I was looking through the schedule. The NFL is doing a big F you to NBA. Remember us talking about this last, like, six months ago? Christmas Day. Christmas Day, they're putting three games on. Vegas, Kansas City, New York, Philly, Baltimore, San Francisco. Bye-bye, NBA, owning Christmas Day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's an absolute. They're ruthless. Yeah. It's an absolute, like, oh, like, all right, little brother, just – 
we let you win a few and now right. I'm going to step on your head. Uh, hey, that makes Christmas Day so much better. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind the family and the spirit of giving and all that shit. Yeah. Football. Yeah. yeah. Football. yeah. But, uh, on that note, Tom, take it over. Well, yes, as you mentioned before, we're going to have a little fun with the reckless takes. I am hosting this segment. I am Tom. And I am going to start with the golfer in the house, Brandon Chain. Uh, we spoke earlier about Bryson DeChambeau. Kind of a crazy story coming up. Uh, it, the way he kind of broke into the golf game. Uh, built up his name, and then he kind of faded away. Seems like he's reclaiming his name in the Live Tour. Shot a sub-60, you said a 58. Um, is that an impressive score, and is it comparable uh, to kind of go up against the PGA once that finally happens? Uh, yeah, it's an impressive score. Uh, that There's only been four other players in competitive PGA Tour events that have shot anything uh, well a 58 I mean that's been it a lot of 59s uh, a lot of 60s but only four 58s including his so yeah so when he first came on the scene he was just kind of a weird dude um, you know mad scientist blah, blah blah then he got even weirder like started bulking up trying to you know gain all this muscle to get speed and blah 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 uh i think what happened and this is just reckless speculation uh it's what we did he got paid and went to the live tour and was like I, I can just play golf for fun now and uh i don't really care uh i think he you know that's figurative or yeah figuratively speaking but he he cares about golf and the game, and and he's a competitor. Um, but I, I didn't like this dude in in the PGA. Like when he was, he was just so weird and just off putting and uh, just awkward. And he's really mellowed out since he's went to the Live Tour. And obviously, as we talked about, you know, a month or so ago, probably two months now. Um, the lift tour is not going away or at least the, the PGA guys in it and there's, there's a new thing coming. So you're going to see a lot more of him. Um, I actually like the guy now. I think he's more grounded, more down to earth. Um, he's back to his old self. If you look at pictures of him entering the PGA tour versus his, you know, mad scientist error versus now, like he looks just like he did when he came in, uh, you know, so, but no, a 58 is, is ungodly impressive. I mean, 12 under that's, that's insane uh, on any course. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you look at him, he's kind of deflated, but I guess he, maybe he's decided uh, the game doesn't need to be the, the biggest hitter, but it's the most efficient. And it seems like that may be the direction he's going. Yeah. Golf is 150 yards in, man. Uh, Robbie, I'll go to you with uh, our resident NASCAR fan. And this is kind of a two-pronged question. Uh, we had a situation where a driver got suspended indefinitely, uh, Gregson, 
for some distasteful comments he made about George Floyd on Twitter. Um, what is your opinions of high-profile athletes? I know he wasn't really a high-profile athlete, but uh, athletes in general taking to, to social media, it seems like it's, it's, it's a trap, so to speak. Um, are you for it or against it? Well, so, like, I think there needs to be coaching whenever you enter any kind of fame situation. Look, you you can build your brand through social media. Um, what you don't need to be, though, is opinionated too much. You can have your views, um, but know that you have bosses, right? And, like, you work for companies. And so there needs, there needs to be a whole civics class taught in high school about what the First Amendment means because no one clearly understands it. Um, but, and so, like, yeah, like, like, know that if you do something that's controversial, you may get a lot of likes, but there's also consequences. So just kind of promote yourself. If you want to get on social media, um, but don't do anything that's even somewhat controversial because there can be consequences and it can cost you your career. And the, 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 I don't know this driver all that well to know how good he is or how good it's he a can, rookie can season be. Too. Uh, like, obviously, look, the better you are, and this is not right or wrong, this is just society, right? This is just the, the, the market, right? So, Kyle Larson made probably one of the worst mistakes you can make. He got suspended for a year, and and now and then he went back on the championship or, or competed championship. He's really, really good. Uh, this guy, and I'm not excusing. I'm just saying this is how it. This is how life is. Like right. we have at some point, we have to grow up and be like, "Hey, we're not. It's not fair. Fair is there's, there's more leniency. Yeah. The, the fair higher is where profile pigs you get are. slaughtered. Uh, there's no right. fairness. It is just ability meets opportunity, and uh, for better or worse. And so, yeah, if you're a friends driver, athlete, worker you're looking for a job and you are maybe not qualified or you, maybe you're just fringe qualified, clean up your social media, stay off social media, social media. I'm like, sorry, that's a long rapid take, but I'll shut up. Oh, it's all right. It's perfect. I mean, um, that's the dark side of social media. Yeah. And, and what I'm going to go after, oh, uh, I, can I say something personal real quick? Go, go for it. Yeah. So, uh, as I think everyone knows, uh, I applied for a judgeship recently in last year or so in a very conservative state. I am a very liberal person. I live this firsthand. I had to pay a company to scrub my social media um, because I needed it to look a certain way. And did I regret what I said? No, uh, I didn't get the job. And probably that's maybe that's why, because they were ahead of me, but it doesn't matter. I don't need you're on the show now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I don't need the job. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I'm thankful for the governor for interview, interviewing me. All that, thank you. You know, all that process. But yeah, like, but no, like, uh, it's real, and there there mm-hmm. are real life consequences. And it that was not my one career running on. I still have a career, but yes, like people need to know that, and that's real life. Mm-hmm. Whether you're an athlete or a private citizen, whether you're applying for any kind of job. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I I've show. got a, I've got a friend Matt who was a, a minor league umpire. 
Yeah. And there was like anything on like if, if he drank a beer, someone took a picture. He's like, you can't take a picture of me. Don't post anything of me. So, yeah. I mean, there's consequences in, in, in what you post. So, um, Raj, I'll come to you. Uh, obviously, disappointment in the Women's World Cup. Team USA uh, eliminated. Was it a situation where the weight of the world, so to speak, was on their shoulders? The uh, reigning uh, World Cup champions. Um, there was a lot of pressure outside of the sport uh, for some of the uh, well-known players' stances on on um, some views, uh, LGBTQ views and whatnot. And then the other side is the response by some media members to them losing. It was almost jovial. Um, is that fair, seeing where uh, that they – kind of were sp outspoken. Some of them were outspoken on their stance and their beliefs. They lose. Uh, the media comes in and doesn't think that they're uh, representing America because, A, they weren't um, singing the national anthem, so they got a lot of flack on that. Was that fair, and was there too much pressure on that team to win? No, I mean, it, it absolutely was not fair, and I, I think you can tell this was more – at least in, in the young ladies' minds about – it wasn't just about winning and losing. Uh, there is a weight there that that they carry, and it's not just for the country. Um, people were angry, like, okay, we we set the standard. We, we win gold. Otherwise, it's almost un-American. They were mad. People that know nothing, a dick about – well, bad choice of words, but know nothing about soccer at all or women's soccer. Like, we didn't win gold? That's un-American. That's then suddenly – Spotlights portrayed on other things, but you know the the women's professional soccer league started up in 2011 after Team USA was sort of runner up in the Women's World Cup, and then from there, the U.S. it just this momentum surged, and you know youth soccer and all these things, and then came gold medal or gold you know gold World Cup gold World, World Cup gold, and uh, it seemed to me that they're carrying more than just a sport. Um, they became part of popular culture. Uh, today it would be canceled, but you know, if people remember Brandy Chastain and there was a Kevin Garnett commercial with her playing foosball and she scored a goal and he goes, you know, what's up with the shirt? Cause she slid on her knees and took off. She had a tank top on her knees, but you know, they became part of popular culture and suddenly this entire foundation that's been built up, you know, all the momentum for 15 to, you know, 20 years or so, seems like unfairly to a lot of people was just pulled out from under them. And it, it, it's absolutely unfair. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to consider them un-American, I, I don't think that's fair. And, and, you know, I, I have faith in that, that program, obviously the, the women's program in, in regards to soccer in this country, not a very uh, well-versed soccer guy here, but um, they have been, kind of uh, the leader of the pack, we'll say. And, um, you know, unfortunately, they they don't uh, advance, but I think that fuels their fire. So Yeah, just side note, and don't forget, part of the anger possibly could be they collectively bargained to get paid as much as the men. Yeah, and they should. They should because, they're. I mean, look at the stats. Look at, look at the yeah. wins and – 
and, and just kind of the track record. They're they're a better program, and and yes, the the American team is is you know making strides, and and you mentioned in your notes, uh, you know, Messi coming to this country. I think that's going to only enhance the American um, viewpoint of of soccer. So he's we'll get to that awesome, on it. By the way, since he's been here. Yeah, we'll get to that on another another show when we can dive a little bit deeper into what he means and what he brings to soccer in this country. But I want to talk about something, um, maybe the positive side of, of social media. Um, a negative situation, and I'll, I'll play a clip right here. And, and if you haven't seen the clip yet, it's the Baltimore Orioles um, TV play-by-play guy. He was... He was being very transparent, and I don't think he said anything uh, outlandish. He was just kind of talking about the history of the team. So I'm going to play this clip if you haven't seen it. Uh, And on the other side, was it warranted to be suspended? Check out the clip. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series here at Tropicana Field. You have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017, the last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the chop this year after winning three of 18. The previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad Rays team. It's not like all of a sudden the Rays uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two, and the Orioles once again are back alone in first place. So to kind of backtrack here, he was being very transparent talking about the Orioles kind of troubles that they've had at the trop, which a lot of, a lot of, I mean, a a lot of teams do. It's hard to play in that place with the, the, the very bright roof. And, and let's face it, the Rays of year in and year out have been one of the better teams. So he basically brought, you know, the history of, of recent uh, uh, Orioles series and, and, but then kind of brought it back to say, hey, you know what? We've taken two or three. It's it's definitely not that way right anymore. Well, he got suspended because the owner looked at him and thought that he was speaking negatively towards the Baltimore Orioles baseball organization. Um, and, and when I tell you that the outpouring of support for him on Twitter – and TikTok. I mean, my my for you pages were nothing but people. Um, Michael K, the Yankees uh, announcer. I mean, any any well known announcer. The guys out in San Diego. I mean, they actually put the camera on them and looked at the camera and said, "Shame on you, Baltimore Orioles. This is a sham." Um, he's one of the best uh, announcers in the game. Best young announcers in the game. He was being very transparent. And the funny thing is that the Yankee announcer was like, we would have been fired a long time ago if we weren't allowed to speak how we want about the Yankees. They're, they're horrible. Their offenses, they stink. And, and it just goes to show that um, these, these announcers are so worried about ramifications that they can't be 
uh, transparent. To me, if I'm listening to a ball game and my team is down, I I would prefer to have my announcer seeing why they're down in his opinion. So it gets to the internet. It goes viral. People are up in arms over it. He'll be back on Friday. So uh, Robbie talked about maybe the negative side of the internet. Uh, this is a positive side of the internet where where a story that really, you know, not a lot of people were talking about the other day. Boom, it hits the main uh, mainstream, blows up. Now the guy will be back. Uh, and and he'll be a hot commodity come this postseason. So I think he'll have he'll lots of options. He'll lots of options. And, and activity. I don't blame you. It, they they kind the Orioles kind of showed their hand here and uh ownership should be ashamed of themselves. But I am glad to see that he's gonna be back and uh, a lot of or uh Orioles fans will be too. They were chanting him uh the other night in the stand, so pretty cool. But uh I'm going to kick it back to you, Raj, but not after we watch this video. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. All right. I'm going to get mine out of the way first with my nuts. Uh, I've been doing pretty well, knock on wood. I still have my balls with baseball. Tom is not going to like this. Tomorrow, I'm all over former uh, Dodger, um, uh, Kenta Maeda. I just blanked um, against the Detroit Tigers at minus 150. Maeda is the Tigers. What it, absolutely he's given up one or two runs, uh, his last three starts, and he's facing Reese Olsen, who is one in five. The Tigers have lost the last six starts that he's had, and these last three games given up, uh, I believe, five earned runs per game. So I am all over. I'll, I'll take the 150 and lay it down on Maeda and the Twins against the Tigers. Next, uh, let's go to Tom. I'm going to go a, a two-pronger here. Um, NFL, sacks for Aiden Hutchison, oh. over or under 10.75. I'm Some taking long-term investments here. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the over. I think Aiden Hutchison's going to have a huge year. He's got some help on the other side. James Houston, who had seven sacks in eight games last year as a rookie. I think he's going to increase that. So Aiden Hutch uh, Hutchinson over 10.75. That's plus 100. And I'm going to stick with the Lions. I, I, I'm the All cornbread's in. in the oven. The cornbread's in the oven. But. Got a weak division. He's feeling confident. Plus 700, folks. Plus thing. 700. To make it to the NFC Championship game and lose. Plus 700 right now. Hey, the Titans are plus 100 for the Super Bowl. Plus 100? Yeah. What? Are you high? They are. <laughs> you mean 10,000? No. To plus not make it? No, to make it. <laughs> to not make it? No, 100 to 1. Sorry, 100 to 1. Sorry. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, plus 100. That's the best odds in the NFL right now. Yeah, who did they sign? The Eagles. No, no, the Chiefs are plus 600. 
Time, time, time. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Plus, Classic mix-up. Classic mix-up. We were all looking at you like, uh, all right, this guy's fucking finally lost it. Uh, Brandon Chain, your bet you're Oh, now. man. So, NFL is back, boys. We do have preseason, although it's hard to watch sometimes. Um, my boy CJ Stroud is going on Thursday, and he was named the official starter. So, I'm looking at this Texans Pats game. Preseason bet. Preseason NFL bet. Um, I was I was good on uh, the Hall of Fame game. I had the over. It, it was 34 and a half. I had it and it hit at 37, I think, or wow. 36, something like that. So I'm looking at this one as well. And most people would love to play the over here. I'm going to take the under 37. Under 37, minus 110, uh, Thursday night preseason, Texans, Pats. Just going to be sloppy Thursday night. Yeah, it's going to be New terrible. Year's football. Where is that game at? Uh, in New England, I believe. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, CJ's he'll probably play two or three series, and it's going to be – just field goal after field goal. And, and you know, um, Belichick's not showing shit, man. No, I mean, that's they're a, not showing Week it's, one. Take that. I think that's, it, a, that's a really smart move. play. Will Mac really Jones be the quarterback, play. starting quarterback in week one? Um, all right. Jones. So, uh, well, wait, Rob, do we need to fact check your odds here, whatever you're going with, before you say, like <laughs> – Get what, notes up. Yeah, you're just making up your own lines. Like someone yeah. tell him we have local bookies here, and not he doesn't have to go overseas. Where he uh, Vegas. <laughs> Pretty sure. All right, I think I got I got this one under control. Kyle so, they're it's going to the Brickyard at Indy this weekend. So another road course, and so the guy who won Chicago road course. Coming back over from New Zealand, he Boy, won it on in July. So he's, this is the second race ever in NASCAR. He won his first race ever. I think this guy's a little unicorn on these road courses, so I'm betting him again. His name is Shane Van Gisbergen, uh, and he is plus a thousand. Or 10 to 1 for kids. You got to know how to pronounce his name if you're going to bet on him, right? I just <laughs> pronounce it, you idiot. I don't know, dude. Phonetically, I, I don't know who that is. No, is he German? All right, Shane yeah, Van he's, no, he's from New Zealand. New Zealand. But it's anywho, anywho. You heard it. You heard it here That's, first. That bro. is who I'm going for this weekend. Yeah. Okay. I love it. How you been doing on your NASCAR? I've not caught up with that. Uh, one of my buddies, actually my sister-in-law's husband, Derek, said, Hey, you know, that guy, uh, I've told a few buddies out at UPS about him listening to our show, and uh, he, he's he's made some money on NASCAR. And I was like, really? Like, uh, I guess you had a hot streak with, was it Kyle Larson or someone? Yeah, the, yeah that, was, that was year yeah. one or so two. Yeah. Since then, made, not so much. You made multiple employees money. At one point at UPS Knoxville, so uh, Kyle Larson went on a hot streak. I think it was last, last year's the year before. One of these, those years, he he won like he six won races like, in a row, or six out of eight. Well, um, I think this this year when football starts, like actual football, not preseason, let's let's start a tally on our 
bet your nuts and you know call it out every week or whatever. So I'm with you. Dude. I, we need a scoreboard. I, I think, yeah, just a scoreboard for the fans to say, "Hey, really listen to us," or don't pay any attention to you know, what we're betting on right now because we're gonna lose you money. Like fade us. Absolutely. Um, going in now, we're at the hour twenty-four mark. Um, it is the non-football season, so we get a bit theoretical. But uh, we're going in now into final words. Um, I'll, I'll go first again. I'll be brief. The conference realignment should be football only. Just, just do football. Don't subject other sports. Again, there's 23 other sports, other genders, other individuals. Uh, don't subject them. And, you know, the whole point of college is to learn something and, and their ability uh, to study it and strive and realize academic goals, all of these things are, are severely under threat just because of people wanting, you know, more money because of football. And, you know, it's like people have said, it, it's, uh, you know, you go to college locally to, and I guess I'm going long here, but, uh, you know, so your family can see you and you can learn something and focus on something that you're interested in. And this is, basically towards the antithesis of, of that thought, of that reasoning. And uh, it's it's just absolutely not about anything but money and academics and the well-being of the student is just completely thrown to the side. And I think it's sickening, so hypocritical. Uh, but next, let's go. Uh, I'm going to end with Tom. Uh, he usually has uh, a weighty, most significant and honest passionate thing to say where the three of us are a bunch of shallow assholes, but uh, no. I'm going to go to Rob next, then chain. And then Tom, you can close us out, Rob. Yeah. So looking at this NFL schedule, this weekend of Christmas, we have Saturday, the 23rd games, Christmas Eve games, the Titans have a home game. And we have Christmas Day games. This is unbelievable. I have never been more excited about any three days in my life. This is no family time. This is just strictly watching football time. This is like I go away for Thanksgiving, so I'm good there. This is my Christmas break. And then I've got something over New Year's. This is a this is this is like the COVID years, but with shit to do. You literally look like a kid on Christmas no, morning. The COVID years, I was down in Florida I was by myself, <laughs> but it, you know, it was cool. I could just zoom in for Christmas. And, this, uh, this is like not even having to zoom. This is, this is purely just football for three glorious days. No work. Not, this is, this is perfection. Thank you. NFL. Thank you. He said for Thanksgiving, we got games, so I'm good there. <laughs> Never mind everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, hey, hey, Raj, as I tell my wife and my family, I don't make the schedule. I just observe the schedule. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, was brilliant. That's a tough act to follow. Chain, your thoughts, your final words. Final words. Um, back to the college football realignment here. Let's not forget, it's a business first. Although we think 
and we're made to think it's about education. It is not. This is a business first. They're all in it for the money, just like any other business. And education might be fourth or fifth in the line. So um, just keep that in mind when you're thinking about these transitions. Absolutely. Tom? Well, uh, you kind of segued me, uh, to a T here, uh, Raj. We lost a good one in Detroit. Uh, radio guy Jim Price played five years with the Tigers. He's been in the booth with Dan Dickerson for years. Uh, this guy was just a, a welcome voice in summer for all baseball fans in Detroit. Uh, Well-known Jim-isms, we'll call it. Uh, he was very colorful in the booth. He would refer to uh, uh, Miguel Corbera as the big fella, batting third, the big fella. Uh, and when he got around on a good one, he would call it a buggy whip. Uh, and a good curveball, he would call it the yellow hammer. Uh, <laughs> and there would always be a, there would always be a fan of the game, and it would say. Tom Sloan from South Lyon, Michigan. And uh, uh, Dan Dickerson would call that, and Jim Price in the back would go, nice area. Uh, it was just – it was baseball. It was pure. Um, Ernie Harwell was the original voice. He Jim Price followed suit. Um, just, a, just a great presence. Uh, made you really feel part of the game, part of the action through the radio. Um, storied career uh, – uh, in the in the booth uh love the city love the state of michigan and uh he will be missed uh it was a it was a pretty sad day he he started the season uh in the booth and about two months ago he abruptly had to actually in the middle of a game it was about the fifth inning in a game he had to uh he had to leave he had a, uh, an emergency and they never really uh said why uh, and then we got the news yesterday that he passed. So just a sad day. And and the Tigers went out and uh, pitched a shutout yesterday, six nothing, and they won tonight. So um, they they memorialized him before the game. Uh, just a cool cool experience for the Tigers. But uh, the voices of of good old fashioned baseball are are you know what you know it all too well, Raj. Um, you know they're going, they're fading, and. Uh, you know, it's it's the sad, sad reality that we live in as baseball fans. But um, Jim Price, who will be missed. And uh, uh, so it's well said. Uh, for myself, Raj Mehta, Tom Sloan, Brandon Chain, and Robert Davis, I'm going to close out with folks. Don't forget to touch them all, just like Jim Price would say. Yeah, uh, when a Detroit Tiger would hit a home run, he came up with the touch them all. So, uh, folks. Yep. Tomorrow, do your best and touch them all. You got it. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers.